Welcome to Echoes of Holiness podcast. Don was saying, it's certainly from us to y'all too. Also, we uh, do say we've got lots of friends, loved ones in the uh, ranks among us. We've, matter of fact, I can't think, Brother Arvin, of anybody that's not my friend among us. So. If you know of someone, you keep it to yourself. Amen. Glad to be here with you this morning. I want to preach for a little bit. I feel like it's been such good preaching since we've been here. And they talked about the first of the meeting was going so good. And it seemed like the Lord just wanting to help us. Several people talking about feeling like opportunity or chance of being able to come out of where you are, the Lord wanting to help you. I felt that also, even Brother Braxton, just a little bit of time I've been here, seemed like the Lord just pulling so gently for someone, and uh, I thought last night in the preaching that you're, you know, you're at the place where uh, the Spirit doesn't deal with you or speak to you anymore, I, I'm not... Uh, educated enough, I guess, or acquainted with enough uh, reasons to tell you how to get out from that other than just beg for mercy and grace, but I do know that if you're at the place where you can push it off when it's dealing with you, you need to quit doing that and give yourself over to the drawing of the Lord. told Brother Dallin last night, we was talking there, and... uh, I told him, I said, seem like, seem like uh, one or two ways it's going to go. Either you're going to get convinced the Lord's pulling for you, or else you're going to convince the Lord you don't want Him pulling for you, one or the other. And I certainly don't want to be the latter of it. I want to be there where the Lord can help and use me. Amen. I'm going to read over in the 15th chapter of Luke this morning. And uh, start there about verse number 11, simple thought this morning. And uh, I have told my wife this several times, but I said, I feel like the Lord gave me something for the Easter meeting, so we're going to try our best to go to the Easter meeting. And uh, so I didn't have any concerns or worries about getting here, been thrilled about coming had a message for us and thought, and so y'all pray about us getting back home because it's about as far as I'm prayed up to is here, but <clears throat> amen. But I do feel like the Lord gave me something. Now I want to tell you this morning before we get into any of it, I'm certainly not down on the church, not down on anybody or anyone, but I have seen, you have seen, there's things taking place. People doing things among us, things that are happening, being led of the devil, pushed to the devil, driven of the devil, ever how you want to put it, uh, we've lost too many. Too many have left us. Too many have pulled away. Had too many families tore up. Too many homes broken. Too many churches. Whatever you want to put it there, and I'm ready to see it come to an end. I don't know about you. I know it'll never fully stop. But I want to see the Lord get to helping us such a way that we can build a resistance toward or to some of that that's pulling against us. Amen. In the book of Luke this morning, chapter 15, verse number 11 said, And he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all there rose a mighty famine in that land, he began to be in want went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He sent him into his fields to feed swine. 
He would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. No man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Amen. Said there, take a little thought from verse 17, said when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants in my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Amen. Simple little parable, I guess you'd call it. I believe maybe it's a story the Lord told about a man that had two sons, one that wanted to venture far off and one that stayed there at home. There wrote in the stories, the parables, if you will, of the lost sheep and the one that was found and the lost coins and the one that was found and then the prodigal son that wandered off into our country. Amen. I'd like to tell you this morning before I really get started, maybe that sometimes a far country is not that far away. Amen. Sometimes we get the idea that we've got days that we can work here, play here, wherever you want to put it and do what we want to do and after a while we'll get into where the trouble's really leading us and then we'll come back home but sometimes you can get in a far country in just a matter of a little bit amen amen sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot to get into a whole lot of trouble amen amen Said here, talking of this young man, that he took his inheritance, if you would, and traveled off into a country where in a little while they helped him to lose everything that he had. Amen. Amen. I'm not talking about a man that wasn't acquainted with Things that were good or things that were righteous or things that has uh, been able to receive as an inheritance that he might have been just a wicked young man that went to a wicked country, but a young man that seemingly had such going for him and decided that he didn't want that any longer. Amen. Amen. Uh, young man, if you will, that had uh, good things in life and seemingly traded them for the life in the hog pen. Uh, amen. Amen. And uh, this, this young man that was Raised in a whole different environment of the hog pen. is raised in father's house where it looked like things were good, Brother James. And things were plenty and things were well. He was raised in a whole different atmosphere than that of feeding swine in a far country. Amen, amen. I'm talking about a young man that knew the difference, Brother Tony, in servants and sons. Amen. In his trip back home, he knew how to uh, uh, find a way of repentance and said he'd just as soon as father make him a servant, no longer a son for what he had done. He knew the ranks of difference between being a son and being a servant. Amen. Amen. But still yet, Brother Johnny Don, he decided he'd go down to a far country and waste his substance, his inheritance on righteous living. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about a young man that from the time he entered into life until 
Here, whatever age you might have been, that an inheritance had been laid up for that young man. Amen, amen. He knew about it. He must have, if you would. He must have been told, son, here one day, all this that I've inherited or give as an inheritance to you, you'll take and do with it what you feel you want to do. Amen. I, I've laid up treasure and I've laid up land and I've laid up cattle and sheep and oxen and whatever the story might be that you might have an inheritance after a while. Amen. And he said, let me have my inheritance now that I might go yonder and wasted. Amen. Amen. It seemed to me like Brother Braxton what it was that he desired. Amen. Let me have what I've got coming right now and then I'll do what I want to with it for ever how long it lasts. Amen. Amen. I need to tell you about right here that I don't think this young man was a man lacking understanding. I think he had got understanding and teaching through the years and probably knew how it all really was supposed to work. But somewhere, somewhere he heard about a far country and decided he wanted to go there and waste his substance in that country. Amen. Amen. I guess I want to tell you about like this this morning, Brother Arvin. He threw all that he had down so he could go yonder and do what he wanted to do. I might be where the man was a while ago. You might want to put some names on it about here of those that have done those things. And uh, before we get just too carried into it here, I want to tell you I'm glad that he came to himself. I'm glad that happened. I'm glad that mercy was extended to him for just a moment enough for him to realize where he was and what he was doing. I'm glad of that. But on the same hand, I want to remind you that I know and you know of multitudes that have went there and never came back. Amen. The Bible said when he came to himself, Brother, brother, this morning, my question is this. When did he lose himself? Amen, amen. When was it that this young man got such a desire and such a want to and such a drive within himself that he threw down everything and went in search for it. What a question this morning. When did he lose himself? When did he decide, I don't want to be one of fathers any longer? And when did he decide, I don't want to live in father's house any longer? And when did he lose such morals and such understanding that he walked away from all of that down to a far country and a filthy hog pen? I feel like this morning there's some, Brother Braxton, that I'd like to shake real good. 
and try somehow to get them to come to themselves. But what I wished I had an opportunity to do is ask them, when did you lose yourself? Amen. What time along the way did something enter into your conscience or enter into your understanding or into your want to that you said I'd rather be one of them than be one of us? When did all of a sudden, when did the world get to looking better? in the house of God. When did the things of the world get to looking better than the things of God? Amen. Amen. When did something get so enticing that it enticed you right out of the house of God? Amen. Until after a while we had the stories of the prodigal son that somewhere was in a hoping that we were hoping would come to themselves. Amen, amen. I guess this morning I have the burden, if you would. I have the heart pulled toward it, if you would. Tell someone, and, and, and you could too also, I'm sure, to tell someone you need to get a hold of yourselves what you need to do. You need to realize that somewhere along here, you've gotten away from where you ought to be. Amen. Somewhere along here, you've gotten something that you're a feeding on that if you don't curb it somehow or get rid of it somehow, after a while, it's going to take you out of the house of God. Amen. Amen. I mean, where along this journey is it that you lost yourself? Where along this journey is it that we missed the obvious signs of uh, you wasn't praying anymore or or you wasn't testifying anymore, or, or, or suddenly you got a desire to be with this more than you did with this, or, or maybe we thought it was just a friendship, or maybe we thought it was just a, a, a passing fad, if you will, and all the time it was something that was developing your want to for something different than the things of God. And my question is, brother, when did you lose yourself? Amen. Amen. I remember over there reading about Brother David when Saul there, Saul in his uh, uh, jealousy and rebellion and Saul was uh, acting so vile and mean toward David and throwing uh, javelins at David and uh, hunting David and wanting to kill David. And the Bible said that David behaved himself wisely. Amen, amen. It didn't really matter what Saul wanted to do to David. David behaved himself Rightly, he didn't. He wasn't willed to retaliate. He wasn't pushed to make a a, a, a move toward Saul, but rather he behaved himself wisely. Amen. And in doing so, he had so many things that was good for him there. God was with Brother David. And the people were with Brother David. And Brother David had the kingdom was fixing to be or had even later on moved into the hands of Brother David. Amen. Amen. He became a king, brother, that you can read about was doing 
so good. A man that had the ability, that had the lifestyle, that had the want to. And it seemed like everybody loved Brother David. Amen. I hope I can preach to you this morning. I hope I can rescue somebody before we had to pray they'd come to themselves. I, I hope, Brother Braxton, this morning I can reach somebody before they get so far gone. Amen. Amen. But one evening late in the evening, Brother David saw Bathsheba. Read for me, Brother Johnny Don, if you would, in 2 Samuel 11 and 3, I believe, where I want you to read. Brother David had stayed home in time of battle. Brother David looked over on the rooftop, if you will. There he saw a beautiful woman bathing herself. I wish Brother David would have done things different. Brother Tony talking about reading about those that he wished would have went and prayed instead of the way they went. I wish Brother David would have just turned his head from what he had seen and said, I'm sorry, Lord, that that got into my memory. He said... There's a woman down there. What did it say, Brother Johnny Don, in verse number three there? David sent and inquired. And said, David sent and inquired of the woman. And one said, David said, go find out who this woman is. And a man came back and said, is this not Bathsheba? The daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the the Hittite. And David said, oh, I didn't know that was Uriah's wife. I'm sorry. No. What did you say, Brother John Don, the next verse? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in under him. And he lay with her. Amen. He had enough sins and enough understanding that he wanted to know whose wife is this or who is this woman. But he got so enticed by the moment that when someone told her, David, this is another man's wife, it didn't matter to David. Amen. He had gotten so lost, Brother Danny, in where it was. He got so blinded by his lustful desire and want to that even though one close to him said, David, this is another man's wife. This is the wife of one of your men, as a matter of fact, a good noble man that'll fight for you from now on. But it doesn't matter anymore when you lose yourself. Rules don't matter much anymore when you lose yourself. Commandments don't matter much anymore when you lose yourself. You just go on doing just what you want to do. Oh, God. Oh, God. Is this not going to destroy your house if you get involved with this son? Well, it really, it really don't matter. Is this not going to be detrimental to your family if you partake of this right here, son? Uh, well, you just don't understand. Is this not going to be a lasting hurt or lasting difficulty that you'll never 
be able to overcome. You'll never be able to get above. You'll never be able to get separated from this very thing. We might find forgiveness. We might find over here the Lord helping us. But we'll always have this to bow down under. Amen. It don't matter. It don't matter. You see, I want that more than I want this over here. Did I tell you he got the kingdom? Did I tell you he had the people? Did I tell you the Lord was with him? Amen. Did I tell you he was behaving himself wisely? Amen. And then all of a sudden he lost himself. Amen. Amen. It doesn't really matter when the man disregards God any longer. It doesn't really matter, Brother Tony, what he does after that. When a man can say no to God and a man can say no to his commandments, a man can say no to his prophets, preachers, teachers, He'll go on and do what he wants to do. It won't matter anymore. When there's no standard involved in it, when there's no morals involved in it, when there's no godliness involved in it, then nothing matters anymore than doing what it is that I want to do. Amen. I may not get you real high this morning. I need to tell you right here. My intent of coming to the meeting was I hope I can help somebody find themselves. Amen. I hope Brother Gerald, before it gets so far out there, before it gets so far gone, before it's beyond the reach of the church anymore, that I can get somebody's eyes open that they'd see I'm headed in a bad direction. Amen. I'm fixing to lose everything that means the world to me. I'm fixing to lose everything that'll be my inheritance one day. I'm fixing to lose the only stability I've ever known or ever will know. If somewhere around here I don't find myself after a while. If somewhere around here I don't make myself an altar of prayer after a while. If somewhere I don't bow my head in humbleness after a while. I'm going to be in a world of trouble. Amen. You'd think that some would learn lessons from others. I don't know. I've got a friend and it seemed like we've talked about it before, but I don't know what it is that gets into a man that makes a man, or you can put it here if you want to, a woman, think that it'll be different for them. I don't know what it is that gets into somebody that they get to believe in, I can do it. Although nobody else could, I can. I can do it. The only thing I can understand about it or, uh, or even relate to it in a sense of knowing something about it is they become, Brother Danny, so blind to right and wrong that they're convinced within themselves they can do wrong and make it right. You can't do it. Amen. Whenever you get to a place that you can openly stand against the preached word of God, you can say, I'll do it different. I'll do it different than the preacher says. When you get to that place that you want to do what you think's right, even though he can prove that it's not right, what it is is somewhere on your journey you have darkened your conscience to the place that you're losing your soul quickly that after a while, if you don't find 
the turnaround spot and turnaround place, you'll be deceived unto deception. Amen. Amen. Solomon, David's son, seemed to have done so good in the first ten chapters. And then seemingly just went downhill. Read for me again, Brother Johnny Don, chapter 11. There are 1 Kings. Several scriptures I need you to read for me. 1 Kings, chapter 11. Begin reading in verse 1, if you would. Yes. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh. Yes. Women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, Zidonians, and the Hittites. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go. Don't, don't mix with these. Neither shall they come in unto you. All right. For surely they will turn away your heart. They will turn away your heart. After their God. All right. Read on. He held tightly onto them. And the thing that he did, and I, I hope you'll give me room right here. He didn't hold to them in wisdom. He didn't hold to them in understanding. He held to them in love. His love for the strangeness, Brother Braxton, was more than his love. And I'll go with some of you this morning for his pureness. Amen. His love for those strange women, strange idols, strange ideals, and strange ways was more than his love for the ways of God concerning those things. Amen. Read on a little bit for me, Brother Johnny Don. And he had 700 wives. Yes. Yes. And his wives turned away his heart. And his wives turned away his heart. Okay. I need you to read now over in the third chapter, if you would, Brother Johnny Don. I want you to know the God of heaven and gave Solomon exceedingly much riches. He gave him exceedingly much knowledge. He gave him largeness of heart. He gave him riches and honor. And seemingly here in the 11th chapter, all Solomon was really concerned about was many strange wives. Amen. Read the first couple of verses there of chapter 3, if you would, Brother John. 1 Kings. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh. Amen. I need to tell you here that over in chapter 11, Solomon was way down the road gone. He was uh, mixed up, if you will, with lots of strange things. Amen. He had developed a great love for many strange wives. Amen. And if I understand right, he offered for their gods and offered in their sacrifices and gave to them and all such as that. But where I'm wanting to read about now is where Solomon began to lose himself. He made affinity with Pharaoh and took Pharaoh's daughter. And brought her into the city of David. Amen. Read on. For they didn't have the house of God, yet they sacrificed in high places. Read on for me. Because there was no house built under the name of the Lord. All right. Until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burned incense. If I understand that right, 
He loved the Lord so much right here that the Lord, and I don't want to say was willingly to overlook what he was doing, but he was outweighing in goodness his badness at this time. God hoping that Solomon would see the error of his ways. Amen. But I need to tell you about right here. Once you set your journey to a far country, it's a stumbling downhill journey. Amen. It'll get going faster than you can believe after a while. It'll get you headed in that direction hard and strong in a little while until he was offering thousands of goats, if I understand, the rams and oxen and such as that, trying to please the gods of the women that he loved and the love of the women that he had. Solomon was doing such dark things because his conscience had grown dark. Where'd you lose yourself at? Where, think with me for a minute. We'll try to put it together. Where did you take your turn at? What, what becomes so desired in your heart that you said, ah, that don't matter anymore? Where did you, where did you in your journey, where did you in your journey make the wrong turn? I need to tell you right here, if we can find that, we might be able to get you back on the path real quick. Amen. We can find just where we started, Brother Fonzo, in air at. If we can get that fixed, we might be able to get all this gathered up here in just a little while. If you get way off into that far country, if you get way down the road until you forget where it all started, we're going to have a hard. Somewhere, somewhere, the man must have, somewhere he must have. I mean, what did make a man walk out on his wife he'd been married to for years and years and years? What did make a man wave goodbye to little boys and little girls and say, I don't love you anymore. I'm going to go off and do this right here. Amen. What did make a man quit a job and become a drunk? Amen. What did make a man with good morals and good clean living decide I'd rather live somewhere with a heartlet, if you want to put it that way, and put drugs and drink into my body, amen, and not feel the presence of God and the pull of God any longer, amen. Why did make a man do that other than losing himself? used to be a popular saying, I've heard it, you've heard it, anyone of any age at all, I just need to go find myself. You won't do it. You won't find yourself. If God don't find you, you'll be found lost somewhere. If somewhere the God of heaven don't shake your conscience to the point that you realize God's dealing with you again until you say, oh God, oh God, how'd I ever get this far? Oh God, whatever made me make that choice? Whatever caused me to decide to do that, God? Oh God, how'd this ever happen like this? Until God reaches for you and finds you over there to shake your conscience. If that don't happen somewhere, you'll die lost. 
lost and undone without God. Amen. You'll die in the horrors and the hog pen after a while with nobody to love you and nobody to care for your soul when you're dead and gone. Amen. When did you lose yourself? I don't mean to be just too plain about it. And we don't have children. But we love children. It breaks my heart to see children not have mama and daddy at home. And you can say this is the reason why. And if it's not a godly reason, it's not a good reason. I really want to tell you about right here. I don't see how a man, how a man could watch other men pull together and try to raise their children and their wife, raise their family by helping them along the way, helping them pay their bills, helping them make their school bills, helping them feed themselves while a man goes off and does what he wants to do. That's good preaching, Brother Steve. You gotta be so, you gotta be so void in understanding. You've got to be so lost in your mental capacity. You've got to be so far out there that I'm telling you the only person that can find you is God. To think that all that seemingly is going to be alright after a while. All you're doing is breaking hearts and breaking homes and getting farther and farther and farther away from God. Amen. I want you to know over here, there's a woman told her daughter, said, what I want you to do, I want you to go down there and dance in front of that uh, king down there. And you dance until you entice him in such a way that he don't want you to quit dancing. And Herodias' daughter went down there and she danced and she danced and she danced until Herod said, I'll give you whatever you want to the half of my kingdom if you'll just continue to dance. I submit to you this morning, it's not half the kingdom that Herodias wanted. Half the kingdom was trivial to what Herodias wanted. Half the kingdom was just a passing thing to what Herodias wanted. What Herodias wanted was the preacher. That's what Herodias wanted. If I can get rid of the preacher, then the kingdom won't be no problem. If I can get rid of the preacher, then I won't have anybody telling me what I can and can't do. If I can get rid of the preacher, then we'll do it my way. Where'd you lose yourself at? Where'd that ever slip into your mind at? Where'd you get so bent over here at that you thought if I can just destroy this, if I can just tear down the work of God, if I can just destroy the ministry, if I can just destroy the man of God, then everything will settle down and be just the way I want it. You lost yourselves what you did. Somewhere you got in your mind that'll work and it won't work. Somewhere you got so blinded you thought that'd be the way it'd come out, but that's not the way it'd come out. You can kill preacher after preacher after preacher, but you'll still have God to deal with. And he'll set up another one and he'll set up another one and the church will go on. I'm telling you, you better find yourself before it's too late. Saul said, 
I made sacrifice. I knew how to stack the wood. I knew how to cut the lamb. I knew how to call the people to sacrifice. I knew how to do everything you knew how to do, Samuel. I made sacrifice. That's not the way it read in the Bible. But that was the reasoning Saul had come to. That's how dark his mind had got. That's how far he had drifted. It really don't matter. Saul, you're not a priest. Do you understand? You're not a priest. It's not your order to do it. It's not your job to do it. It's not your place to do it. It doesn't matter how good you can do it. You're not the one to do it. Amen, Brother Steve. Amen. Amen. Where, where did we get so spiritual? Where did we get so spiritual that we've decided we don't need a preacher? We don't need a pastor. Where did we get so lost? Where did we get so confused? Where did we get so far out there that we said, we don't need the house of God. We don't need to run it by the commandments. We don't need to push it like the Bible says. We don't need to line up and do this. And we sure don't need nobody telling us how. You better find yourself. You better find yourself quick. You better find yourself before somewhere along here you get so far out there that can't nobody find you. You better find yourself here in a little while while the preachers are reaching for you. You better find yourself while the grace of God's are pulling for you. You better make a move here pretty soon before you get in such trouble that disaster comes to your house. Amen. I'll ask you again, where did you lose yourself? I'm afraid, I'm afraid that we have given ourselves to those that knew how to gain our confidence. We have so cast ourselves toward them that we'll do just whatever they want to do without regard to how it will affect us. We're so quick to make a move on something at the moment and then drive home wondering, how in the world did I do that? How did I get pulled that way? How did I give myself to that spirit? You give yourself just a little turn in that direction. You give yourself just a little heeding in that way. You desire wickedness more than righteousness for just one moment. You're in trouble. I wish I could get you shouting happy. I wish I could. But what I'm really wishing about right now, I could get you to turn around and say, I'm not going another step forward. I'm not going to do no more this way. I'm not going to throw no more this down. It don't matter if I fall out with all of them because I won't go their wicked way. I'm not going any further. It don't matter if I don't gain any ground or gain any friends or gain any finances. I'm going to apologize for my wrong. I'm going to admit that I had it all out of place. And I'm going to do right. Amen. I need to put this in here. If you think if you think that grace was troubling you to the effect of hurting you or, or messing up your uh, life or your ideals, if you think grace was troubling you last night when the preacher was preaching, you wait till wrath gets on your trail. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 
brother said it two or three times preaching to us last night. Grace was teaching us. Grace was pulling for us. Grace was trying to convince us. Here's what we need to do. Grace was trying to help us. Grace was trying to, in the way I'm preaching this morning, Grace was trying to open your eyes. Grace was trying to convert you. Grace was trying to contain you in your place that you are until it could instruct you to turn around and come out of where you are. Grace was pulling for you, not pushing you down. What you need to see here is the devil's put you on this path. The adversaries brought you out into such a place that you're walking in dark places without the grace of God. Amen. You have lost yourself. I guess so. Uh, my heart's been towards Saul for some time. I guess Saul done as good as anyone in that place could do for a while. He tried real hard. And then one day, they come out. Saul wasn't always like he ended up. They come out and they dance in the street. And they said, Saul has killed his thousands. David, his tens of thousands. Saul should have walked Brother Michael down and linked up arms with David and said, David, the old man and the young man is making a good team. But bitterness, jealousy begin to rise up. Until it took a man to a hillside, falling on his own spear and killing himself in the act of suicide. As far as I can understand, Brother Arvin, I mean, I I can point out places he had trouble, don't get me wrong. But when they sang that day, that's where he made his turn. That's where he lost himself. That's where the evil spirit came on him to the place that he no longer controlled his wants or his desire or his ambition. He did then as he was drove to do. Amen. Do you remember what it was like before you lost yourself? Do you remember? You remember when you sang about that great inheritance that you had one place one day? I'm going to ask you a question. Do you remember when you was doing right and the preacher would pull for somebody doing wrong and you'd weep and cry? And you wasn't even the one doing wrong? But your heart was tender and your conscience was easily touched. Do you remember, and I'm just remembering myself things, but do you remember when that, when that feeling that rise that y'all been talking about, when that feeling had come up within you, when your pastor would hook on to something that fed your soul. And you've got to understand this really isn't feeling good. I'm really not enjoying this chastising, but 
I'm sure liking the effect of it after a while. Do you remember when you stood up straight and called him a man of God? Told you how you appreciated it? You'd think he was on the telephone last night, heard every word he said. As before you begin to fight the gospel, as before you begin to fight the preacher, before you begin to fight the spirit. You lost yourself. Somewhere, somewhere, you made the turn. I hope this morning I'll be able to want to in you to find yourself. I hope this morning that just a little inkling of conscience got touched. I hope the Lord is helping me to try to help you somewhere this morning. You felt that shaking in the hog pen. Come home. Come back. Come to yourself. Quit all that lying. Quit all that hurtful stuff. Come back to where you was. When I left my father's house, I was well supplied. I made a mistake. I done wrong. Now I'm dissatisfied. I believe I'll go back home. I believe I'll go back home. I believe I'll go back home and acknowledge I've done wrong. What have I gained by leaving, he said. Hunger, thirst, and fear. There's plenty in my father's house. And I'm starving here. I believe I'll go back home. I believe I'll go back home. I believe I'll go back home. And acknowledge I've done wrong. I need to tell you right here that we're going to try to pray. The only thing after being nudged that that prodigal had to do when the Lord spared him by mercy for just a second to open his conscience, the only thing he had to do to start his plan of repentance, forgiveness, was to step out of that hog pen. All he had to do, Brother Fonzo, when he realized, I'm lost. I'm lost. They've been preaching around here, and I thought it was someone else, but my mind's just cleared, and I realized, I'm lost. I'm lost without God. I made some crazy moves. I've done some stupid things. My name's not in the book. I'm away from God. When your conscience is touched in that way, all you've got to do is go from where you are back toward God. Amen. Amen. Someone come get me a song. Come get me a song. We'll sing. Find yourself this morning. God's working in the church. He has been service after service. He's dealing. He's pulling. He's calling. Find yourself. Find yourself. That's me. That's me. They're going to play, and as they do, if you feel like you need to pray, the altars are open.
What about it? What about it? Another service. I'll do it another day. How far gone you want to get? Another time. Another opportunity. How much of yourself are you willing to throw down? How much are you willing to lose? Oh, it'll be a hard step, but it'll be the best thing you ever made. Oh! 